Welcome to This Week in Sports with Eric and Cousin Dave. As always, I'm Eric Weirdo with David Kramer. And uh, yeah, man, I know the big topic, football is done. Um, but man, we still got some stuff with some news with that. But we'll kick it off with a sport that, as they call it, and I hate it, should ever, ever call it this, the Super Bowl of the sport, which it isn't. Call it opening day. NASCAR kicked off its season with the next-gen cars, which kind of first look at the clash in uh, L.A., but this is our first true look at them on a on a track. And, I mean, it, it, you can tell there are some adjustments um, these drivers are talking about, um, especially at a track like Daytona. For those listening that aren't NASCAR fans, it's a different style of racing um, at a super speedway. And it's called – a lot of them try to do tandem – draft racing and the nose doesn't allow that them to get as close and you saw some interesting uh techniques that caused some wrecks um which and daytona day talladega those types of speedways it's a not if it's a when a wreck is going to take half the field out um dave your thoughts yeah um you say a lot of good things about Daytona. It's a, it's a fun race. Uh, it's always a crapshoot. That's why a lot of times you see guys that are first-time winners or guys that are older, um, not a favorite, should come through and win this thing. Um, there's also some guys that are just really good with play racers that, that can just stay in there. But this is the one race. This and Talbega, you know, when they could do this again in the, in the, uh, in the summer, it's a race that you, there's not really a whole lot of strategy except like what you said, find a buddy and go and hope you don't, you're not getting bumped too far. You get left off in the draft or you get turned sideways just for a quick second. You can cause a 10 car pile, like you said, at any moment at any given time in this race. And just, just look at, for example, look at Brad Kozowski. He must have, he might've had one of his worst races ever. Guy still took ninth. He uh, probably crashed half the field. I mean, that's, that's a little over-exaggeration, but maybe not. He, yeah. he was responsible for the big one in the first the first stage, responsible for some one near the end. Then he got his he got his teammate up there in the front and he ended up winning uh, in, in Austin Cendrick. And uh, great race by him. But, yeah, Brad, got a, he got a lot of grief today by a lot of different guys. And I kind of get that at the same time. That's what this race is about. It's – it, something happens so fast. It's not a. It's not a race. It's not a race on fuel mileage. It's not a race on tires. Just as fast as you can go, and hope you got a teammate at the end there, and just hope you can survive the first two hundred, one hundred eighty laps, and just kind of go from there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Austin Sidrick actually took over for Keselowski. Um, Keselowski mm-hmm. is with uh, Roush Fenway now. Roush Fenway Keselowski Racing. Um, and it's kind of funny um, that Sidrick. Austin Sidrick in his eighth start in the Cup Series won in Kozlowski's old car. Um, and as your uncle, my dad, said, he uh, the first time you do it once, okay, you're adjusting to these new cars. The second time, okay, you might have been racing a little too hard at that stage. But, yeah, I mean, it's one of my – I'm glad NASCAR's back. It's – it's fun. I mean, for those listeners that haven't watched it, because I had the stigma before I moved to Charlotte 
Um, you did too, Dave. Um, even though we watched NASCAR, we never experienced it. And then once once you actually watch it and go to a race, then you understand it. Mm-hmm. Then you understand it's not just cars going 180 miles per hour turning left. It's okay. At what lap do we change tires? Okay, what's the what's the mileage? Um, are we going to be good at the end? Are we going to run out of fuel coming out of turn four? Like, there's a lot to it. And you know, you're all right um, with Daytona and Talladega. I mean, these races are crapshoots. Because um, my favorite, the ending's always great at these races because once they once they come off that turn and they come down those straightaways, they fan out and all hell's going to break loose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Kyle Busch was riding. Who was, I can't remember who was, who was the 14 this year. Uh, blanking on it, but he's riding him against the wall. <laughs> like trying to, he's pushing him against the wall. Like, there's like, it's, it's fun racing and Daytona. It's sold out. I mean, there's been NASCAR attendance for a while. You could watch a Daytona 500 and see a lot of empty seats. Yes, you could. There was not an empty seat this year. I mean, that was well, it was packed. The infield sold out. There were 160,000 people infield grandstands. And it's good to see. Um, hoping it's hoping that's a trend throughout the rest of the NASCAR season. Uh, but yeah, Austin Sidrick raced well i mean the kid kid's good uh he's a good driver very patient for someone in that situation um and raced it well i mean he threw a great block at the end um on uh on blaney and it forced it forced wallace down and that gave wallace i think could have won that race if that move doesn't happen or it's blaney's win I mean, it was, it was a great, great move, I felt. Yes, it was. Um, yeah, but... it shows how good these guys are going that fast and can, and when they got to make a quick hair in the dime decision, that they can do that. When it race on the line like that. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's good. I mean, I'm not going to jump the gun with Austin Sidrick's career. Um, I made that mistake in 2011 with Trevor Bain. <laughs> um, who won in his just his second start and yeah nothing really panned out with him so i hope that's not the case i mean he's got a penske's a good team uh kid's good so hopefully we'll see more but yeah it's a it's a fun race and glad everything is kind of back there attendance looks up early on so we'll uh i think they're in uh California again, doing a little West Coast move, and uh, it's California and then Vegas. So I'm I'm excited for this. I'm excited for this season, and see how the rest plays out. I mean, pretty good for a rookie to clinch a spot in the chase already. Yeah, <laughs> um, a lot of pressure off there. But yeah, um, I. I, I... I had a guy at work talking about this race today 
he was saying, why, why don't the good guys just kind of hang in the back till the last last 50 laps? And I said, well, you can, but nowadays with the, the stage points you win and the owner points, that stuff really makes a difference near the end of the year. So you almost can't. You, that, they incentivize you to, to yeah. keep going all, 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 uh, all stages and all times. Yeah, and and to to that point, I mean, I, your coworker that said that at this style of track, uh, a Daytona, a Talladega. I mean, there are two way. There are two thoughts. Typically, you want to. Typically, it's either you really want to stay in the top. So you want to start in the top eight or so, or you want to kind of start in the back. <laughs> Um, just because one, you're, I mean, just statistically, you know, most wrecks don't happen in the front. If you're far enough back, you have the time to avoid the big one and drive through the carnage. If you're in the middle, you're pretty much screwed. <laughs> um, yeah, especially if someone overdrives, if you're in place 20 and you over, you overdrive, you're going to cause something bad for a lot of people. Yep. Yeah. So. That's uh, so. I mean, to your coworker's point, I mean, I do understand that train of thought at that type of race, but also these guys are too good and too competitive with the stage points and owner manufacturer championships mm-hmm. and all that to really, to really not. I mean, that's why I think that's why you saw the wrecks at the end of the stages, like yesterday, because of that. But. Personally, I mean, I kind of have the same thought with the Super Bowl. They should move. They should make this a Saturday night race, the opening night. I mean, I get that typically they do it during President's Week. A lot of people have off, but just do a Saturday night race for the opening night. Mm-hmm. Do it under the lights. But uh, yeah, that's gonna wrap up NASCAR. It's good. To- good to finally talk about that um and uh it'll kind of be a trend going forward um also this weekend was the nba all-star game i did not watch the skills competition or any of that i really didn't watch any of it actually um but from what i saw in highlights and what i read i didn't miss much on the skills competition (laughs) um Carl Anthony Towns, the big man, won the three-point contest. Obi Toppin won the dunk contest, which I don't know if you can vouch for it, Dave, if you watched it. But the dunk contest was, I think they said, one of the worst, if not the worst, in the history of it. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Um, <clears throat> they've all been bad recently, though. So, uh <clears throat> Excuse me. You, they, need to get, they need to get back with the uh yeah i'm good i'm good sorry <laughs> glass of water went down the wrong way before i started talking but uh yeah they've been bad recently didn't find uh, the mute button i don't know how we're gonna fix that with the uh <laughs> with this dunk contest and that and that coffee and edit that part out i think but uh you almost gotta start paying guys uh to do it and uh like skilled guys Bring back Zach Levine, some of these young guys that can that can ball. Jalen Green, I thought would do better than he did, but it'd be fun to get a. I mean, this might be just wishful thinking. A healthy Zion in there one year, get a 
get a Mobley in there, get some, get some of this fresh, fresh young blood, John Morant, um, just different, different fun guys to do it. Just pay more attention to it. It's just getting now. Granted, it's harder now to duplicate some of these because these guys try to try to do these hard dunks now to try to be original. They don't want to copycat old, older, older dunks. But it's it's losses luster to me. The Saturday night spectacle has kind of lost its luster for me altogether. I think hockey has the best one. Um, I don't even know what NFL has. They still skills competition and the stuff they do. I didn't, I didn't really watch much of that. Hormone Derby, I guess, would probably be up there, is up there with the uh, is with the hockey. But yeah, the Saturday night stuff, they just got they got tailored a little differently, I think, just kind of getting a little bit outdated. It's fun to see some things and but maybe do a three on three tournament, maybe maybe work something out. I think eventually they're gonna do that playing tournament maybe this weekend. Or not a playing tournament, but a different in season tournament, maybe during this weekend. I don't know how they're gonna tweak that, but uh hopefully there's something new coming on. The game itself wasn't bad. The the way they changed the game up last two years was a you played I think one forty, and after that you played a twenty four, something similar twenty something similar to that. So the last the last uh Eight minutes is usually good defense, the best of the best playing against the best of the best. And that's that's real fun to watch. And it was fun watching stuff go off. I mean, the guy went nuts yesterday. Like 16, 16 yeah. threes. More than any more than anybody else, more than both teams mm-hmm. combined. I mean, it was yeah. it was unreal. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely. And it's the best the best shooter of all time. Yes. And um, watching the other great shooters that around that in in previous eras just act like little kids with him going off is this just great to see greatness recognizing greatness and that that's one thing about like the nba that i think stands out upon some of the stuff the home run derby the same way when all, the, when all the great players are on the field while the guys are hitting 20 home runs and they're freaking out similar to these guys all courtside just watching steph drink three up of three and being unconscious it's unbelievable to see yeah Absolutely. Um, yeah, but that, I mean, as big as that was, the, I think the biggest storyline that came out, I mean, one thing I thought was funny is they did, they honored the NBA 75. And the first thing MJ does is challenge Magic to one on one. I think I'd love to, I think I'd love to see that. That's, let's do an old timers game at the All Star okay. Games. Like Larry, Bird, Isaiah. Isaiah and Jordan would probably kill each other. Um, mm-hmm. No love lost between those two uh, to this day. Um, but I think that'd be kind of fun. I mean, like, I mean, you said add some stuff. I mean, I think that I think a lot of sports should do something like that. Um, NFL, I mean, make that flag football. Um, make that a flag football game. Um, baseball would be kind of fun. Hockey kind of a fun thing to do there but yeah it's a it's good but i think the biggest thing that came out of this weekend was the door bronson the door's not closed going back to cleveland again like if you're a Cavs fan and he says that what do you think uh i mean the way he's playing you gotta be excited right and the man got the man is still beloved there he's gonna have a statue there the minute he retires uh, 
the Browns don't are better, different than everybody else has. I mean, he gets a lot of grief about his GM building. He gets a lot of grief about going team to team because that's not how what it does. I mean, because the Browns' whole thing, I think, of people, what LeBron does, did Jordan do it? If Jordan didn't do it, why does LeBron do it? Then you, if you like, if you like Jordan, you rip LeBron. If you like LeBron, you defend LeBron. And uh, he's a martyr. He goes. He's in the last bit of his career, and he wants to win. And uh, I think he's going to do what it takes to get to try to get another wing. Will it work? I don't know. I mean, I remember when Kobe was retiring, people were saying, "Oh, this guy has never been so dedicated to getting one more ring," et cetera, et cetera. And he was, but it's just so hard to win nowadays. That uh, you're in the right spot at the right time. It's being a young, up and coming roster. I mean, if you got this, if you got this LeBron James that's playing right now, and he's playing fantastic right now on that Cleveland team in the East, are they as good as? They, I mean, they're better than Brooklyn right now with no KD. I mean, they're, they're probably better than 76ers. Maybe not better than the uh, Bucks, but they're they're a top two seed. Now, will the numbers work out for him to do that? Who knows? I mean, he's still, for once in his life, he, he does not have that leverage and contract. He's, he signed that max extension a few years ago. But I would think Cleveland would be happy to if he, if he decided to come back. What I didn't like him saying is, I want to play one, one year with my son. Now, that may sound weird why I'm saying that, but I think people, and I text you this, I think people will draft Ronnie uh just to get LeBron for a year to put butts in the seats for a farewell tour or tour excuse me for a uh a once in a once in a lifetime thing you have, you have top two top three player however you want to say it in your own head on a, on a farewell tour on your team whether it's New York Memphis LA I mean Detroit Cleveland Boston I mean who knows but that's to take away from Ronnie because right now I went back and looked at this we talked about this on Sunday and Ronnie right now probably projected to be a late second round pick, which means in the NBA you're you're nothing really. Well, could that improve? Sure. Could it get worse? Sure. So you know, have this guy on here that's gonna be not worth even NBA spot just to get your dad for the farewell tour and the bucks that the owners the money that owners want to put butts in the seat. So that's kind of that's kind of odd, a little shameful, a little little embarrassing to Bronny, I would think, because you get exposed out there. But uh I wish that wasn't said, but at the same time, too, I think LeBron said what he said about Cleveland because, one, he didn't get what he wanted at the trade deadline. He wanted some moves. to get any moves. He can't pressure L.A. management by saying he's going to walk. So he's just throwing things out there and to, to kind of give Plinka maybe a wake-up call, to tell Plinka, hey, pressure's back on you. I mean, I don't know. This guy's phenomenal at, at saying the right thing to the media. He's been in the spotlight since he was 15 years old. So. Uh, that's my thoughts on the whole thing. What, what do you think? Yeah, I thought it was interesting um, with LeBron saying that. Um, I mean, he's kind of and he's kind of been that I mean, since the whole. I think the whole decision thing that started the whole, hey, I want to play with so and so type deal. I think a lot of people have thought that the super teams have ruined the NBA, and when you realistically look back in league history all dynasties all these were basically super teams but the only difference is those were all built through the draft and trades they weren't 
because I mean, we've all said it. I mean, the era that we watched in the 90s, these guys weren't going to – I mean, there's no way LeBron – there's no way Jordan's texting or texting, calling like Isaiah and be like, hey, you want to team up? I mean, these are guys that wanted to beat each other. I mean, if Reggie, if Reggie wanted to ring so bad, he would have left. Um, I mean, and the I mean, his last year that Indiana team take the take away that take away the Malice and the Palace. I think would have won the NBA championship that year. Um, but he stayed loyal, and I mean, the fact that. LeBron's kind of bounced around. I think that's garnered a lot of the hate um, that he gets. And if he does it again, yeah, and the whole Bronny thing, like I said, I I even questioned that the second I saw it. It's like, is he even a legit prospect? And if he's a late second, he might as well go undrafted and have a one-year deal. Where and have LeBron sign a one-year deal with someone where Bronny goes to a team. But I don't know. I mean, I don't think he should have said it that way. I mean, it's kind of a – but it does kind of give a – I think there's also something behind it. I mean, because that now puts a timeline on LeBron. And, and how old's uh, how old's Bronny? One now, isn't he? Not 21, 18, 17 or 18. Um, so, he's seven, a, so he's 17. Yeah. He'll be 18 in October. Um, and when does that when does that end? Uh, when does the one and done or the draft out of high school start? Well, who knows? I mean, I think they got pushed back again. That was not a big issue. Uh, but they need to do it. And I'll talk, I'll touch about that a little bit now in our next few topics. But uh, defend, to defend this, this generation, though, with the uh, player movement, the player the player empowerment stuff, I get it. I get it. I'm a huge NBA guy, and I get some of the stuff that goes on in this league, but I, and I can't defend it. I think it's, I think some of it's crap. Some of the, the no defense, uh, certain aspects, some of the, uh, some of the uh, the the resting, uh, like the James Harden stuff, I can't I can't defend that. I mean that's that's a bad yeah. look for this this NBA. I I, I, I get that. Yeah, but today, as the I, uh, I sent you that article this morning. Um, it was, but the loyalty it was, stuff. Uh, I, I understand. I understand what you're saying. This generation, but that generation is completely different than this generation in terms of the technology nowadays. The uh, the AAU circuit where these guys play with each other they they grew up with each other the best the best always find the best the AU camps together they play these special leagues together the way agencies are nowadays and guys buddy up with endorsements not just the best the best endorsements now tons of guys get endorsements it's almost it's almost if you're like on like I defend LeBron James a lot of times but sometimes he is a bully with the clutch management group that he has and all sort of stuff. They they pave ways that that wouldn't happen 15, 10, 15 years ago. And uh, I get what you're saying. I do, Eric. And it's, it's some of the stuff is sickening. I don't like it. I think it's bad bad for the game. But at the same time, uh, I I think that this game is 
a lot better than it was 20 years ago. Not, I mean, 30 years ago, 40 years ago with, uh, with some of the, the 70s and 80s guys. Say you put a guy, give me a good NBA player, but not a, not a great NBA player, like a uh, – Seth Curry. Seth Curry. Not Steph, Seth. Is it just so, just so yeah. listeners. <laughs> Seth Curry, okay. Seth Curry. If he played in the 1980s with Bird and those guys and the, how quick he is and how shots he got up, there's a chance he would – going into this new generation, people would say he, he was a – top 10 uh three-point shooter of all time going into this generation i mean just the, the guys are so much bigger stronger and faster kind of like how it is in the nfl nowadays um not, or like or like how the rules are i mean you get dan marino in these in these football rules where you can't touch a quarterback i mean hold on look what the guy did with, with all these terrible rules here or you get jerry rice in today's nfl i mean holy moly it would be it would be he'd be unstoppable yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a, thought, there's a, a good analogy. There's a lot of different uh, things, though. But you're 100% right on some of this stuff, Eric. I, some of it is – I can't defend it. I can't defend. Like, uh, the guys are a lot friendlier now, too, just the way America is in general. I mean, there's – the hatred is not there. I mean, in the 16 finals, when LeBron box, blocks uh, Seth's shot, Seth's like, come on, man, just give me one, give me one kind of joke around with them. And LeBron's like – get the fuck out of my face right like being like a, like a like a fake tough guy to him i mean and now they're on the same all-star team for three years they, they both pick each other they're good friends now they share a the, the Draymond green supposedly hate lebron james and hell now they're in the same agency clutch yep. so just there's i mean it's a friendlier nba like you like you don't you don't see that you didn't see that in the 80s and 70s even yes. or early 90s no no, so you wanted to beat, you wanted to beat the old best to become the best. Like Boston, LA dominated, and the Pistons were sick of it and had to beat both teams, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and did. The Bulls hated playing Detroit, but they wanted to beat them, and they did. So, yeah, I mean that's kind of where we're at in in the NBA and. But yeah, it's interesting. I mean, the All Star Weekend's there, um, which could be which could change things up. But I do like how they've done the game now. Um, it's changed that that up a little bit. Um, yeah, that's kind of wraps up the NBA um, talk for the weekend, and then uh, kind of touch on some NFL news. Um, Brian Flores still suing the league. He is now the assistant uh, defensive assistant and linebackers coach for. The Steelers, which, which you can look at as kind of ironic, um, given given the lawsuit, um, but the the guy did, I said it, this guy deserves to co- get a coaching a head coaching gig, and I think there was a lot of rumors out there that Houston was going to pull the trigger on him, um, but for some reason didn't. I don't know if they were, if they're worried about what's going to happen, but. If you wanted, if you wanted Deshaun, if you want Deshaun to stay despite everything going on with him, and we still don't have updates on what's going on, we're what are we nearing a year mark with this with that storyline? Um, I mean, that would be a good way to keep him. And I just, I mean, I think, I think Pittsburgh that defense. I mean, Pittsburgh's defense has always been kind of their strong points, like Baltimore. 
that division in general has that type of mentality. But I don't foresee Brian Flores being in the league, being in the, an assistant role more than two years. I mean, just look what he did with Miami. That team overachieved with him as a coach. And I don't think we'll know the true story for a while. So I'm not going to say anything, but he overachieved with that team. If he had the right quarterback, if he has if he has a running game, I think that team makes the playoffs instead of misses it. But despite all the issues there, um, I mean, I think Pittsburgh's a good spot um, for him right now. I think that organization's going to support him and the Roonies and Tomlin. They're going to vouch uh, for him to get a coaching job within the next two years, I think. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right, Eric. Uh, and that's probably the most or one of the most stable franchises in NFL history and currently in the NFL. I think it's a great move for the Steelers. Um, I think it's a great move um, for a couple of reasons. One, right now, they don't have a quarterback. I know he's a defensive coach. They don't have a quarterback. I read a thing today. They said if the season started today, they'd have Mason Rudolph be their quarterback. We watched Mason Rudolph play the Lions one, uh, this year. and uh, it, was a train wreck of a, is, it was a train wreck of a game. Yes. If Mason Rudolph is a starting quarterback for your football team, you're going to have a hard time winning football games. And so, therefore, if you can't land a big fish, whether it's a – Russell Wilson, uh, uh, Jimmy, Gar- I don't know, Jimmy Garoppolo, a, uh, I don't think he's a big fish, but an, an upgrade to Mason Rudolph. You're in for a long year, which in turn, as stable as our franchise has been, as stable as Mike Tomlin's been, you get, a, you, you get one or two sub-500 years, and you, got this, and you got this guy on your coaching staff, whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent, you're going to start having – you're start gonna have you're gonna start having uh, rumors about is it time for him to step away? Is he has he been there too long? Kind of kind of stories come out in the in the media, and you, so, and you got a guy sitting right here on your coach. Yeah, I didn't even, actually I didn't even think about it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, he likes Deshaun. Deshaun likes him. Is there something there? I don't know. That's just putting two and two together right there. He's a huge. He was the one and uh, putting the Deshaun Deshaun moves on the table. He's the one who got Deshaun to basically say, I'll, I'll come to you, Miami, if you make the trade for me. Now, he's a very brash man, it seems like, from what you read. I know you said you didn't really want to get much into it. There's there's a lot of – there's tons of articles about it. I was, I was reading some this morning before I went to work about Brian Flores, and you can – if you want to believe that he was brash and egotistical and a cancer of the team, you can read those articles, or if you want to read that – all he wanted to do was win to get any support. There's, there's no articles. But what it sounds like, when two to two together, is he wanted to do things his way, kind of like how Bill Belichick did it. But he just didn't win enough to get the to get that respect or get that uh, benefit of the doubt. So so eventually, Ross picked uh, Stephen Ross picked the GM and let him got let him kind of go, which I think is a mistake, like you do as well. But uh, all in all, long story short. I'll quit rambling here. This man's a good man, it seems like. This man's a good coach. 
and just to have him on your on your roster as assist, a senior assistant for the defensive defensive uh, team and slash linebackers, whatever role that means, uh, it's a win. It's a win for everybody in that city. They get themselves a quarterback. The defense is gonna be is gonna be special again. They got a running back. They got some good playmakers on the on the outside. This this team is gonna be good. This team. Last year they overachieved. I thought the Steelers. Big Ben was not great. They kind of they kind of got lucky on a few spots in the playoffs with that, with that Colts collapse. And uh, Steelers Steelers could be heard from this next year. They just need to get a quarterback. Absolutely. Absolutely agree with that. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they do, um, what the league does, obviously. Um, but and again, bottom line, Brian Flores deserves a coaching job. Uh, mm-hmm. And then some interesting news um, came out today too. XFL and NFL are, I think the term was, NFL is using the XFL as a Petri dish, quote unquote. For yeah. a nice term, we're in the when we're in this pandemic, using the term petri dish, but um, yeah, use it for a, I don't know, not a petri petri dish. I think was the wrong term for them to use, but collaboration should be. Yeah, I mean, use it for they're going to test the rule changes. They're going to test replay rules. They're going to test all kinds of things when the XFL returns next February in 2023. Um, so what those rules are, we won't, we won't know probably until next year, but if it's like when the XFL made its brief return in 2020, my favorite thing was that sky judge with the, and the guy and the challenge guy with the basically Xbox controller, like alternate looking at the camera angles and really analyzing the play. Mm-hmm. Um, which I felt should have been brought in immediately. Um, but oh well. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, yeah, and also um, what we talked about last week, which you had a big issue with, was, was the NFL officiating. Yep. Sounds like they're going to use some NFL officials to practice, kind of down there, practice in quotations to uh, help develop some different skills. Uh. I read that maybe they're going to, they're going to uh, maybe uh, do some experimentation and some uh, different measuring devices, like we talked about as well, where they're going to put the, uh, the archaic chain. Maybe, yeah, yeah, they put a chain. Maybe put a little chip in the ball and chips on the sidelines to find the markers, different stuff. So it's, I mean, they can kind of tell where the where the ball is uh, at all times or first down, not a first down. Just cool stuff, and it, it's it's nice. It's it's. Uh, Player protection, obviously, officiating, just different different things. I think it's going to be really cool to see, and uh, and also what's going to do, it'll help the XFL put get eyeballs on the TV set because NFL fans are more inclined now to watch some of this stuff. And uh, yeah. I always thought it was weird in the Super Bowl that the Rock kind of introduced, introduced the Super Bowl. I thought that was, I was like, why the Rock? Usually it's that buffer guy in all the Rams games, but uh, I guess now we know the answer to that. Yeah, was a pretty much that was a pre pre move. He, yeah, a, he owns the XFL, right? Yeah, he's he's part um part owner of it now, um, with some with a good capital venture firm and uh, somebody else I can't mm-hmm. think of the name, but it'll be interesting to watch. Um, I'm excited for next next uh, off season with that, 
um, see what new rules they're going to be introducing. Um, combine, short-lived boycott, 155 players because of COVID bubble, basically saying, well, wait a second, there was no bubble for the season or playoffs. Now you're going to make us bubble for a weekend? Mm-hmm. And they were 155 players were like, uh, we're not going to go then. And now the NFL said, no, we're good. We're the bubble is a stupid idea. You're right. Combine's back on. <laughs> well, the, what I don't understand is that before they, they started to fully lift it, I read something that the NFL said that wasn't their idea. It was the Combine's idea. And the Combine said, no, 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 you're run by us. So it was your idea. Well, I mean, it didn't make any sense to me, but I'm glad it's taken care of. It sounds like the only thing they didn't, they didn't really change is they're doing all the workouts in one day. So so a lot of the guys are going to skip certain workouts they're not good at and just worry about it later. But either way, combine's back on. That's good. Yeah. And I, I know I know that's a big, big fun thing for you. Yes. No, I love the combine. Um, and I do agree. Like you said, I mean, guys skipping workouts. Like, I don't need to know if my – potential first one first round wide receiver can bench 200 pounds mm-hmm. i want to know can he high point the ball can he run a good route and what's his speed now you look at the linemen i want to know their footwork i want to know their strength i don't care about their 40 times it's more hilarious to watch though. Um, and they could, and then all those guys could run a 40 faster than I can. <laughs> um, but that's just my thought on it. Um, so I think players should skip certain workouts that don't benefit them. And I wish the league would realize that. Um, but that's going to kind of be my little, uh, little rant on the combine. Um, anything but um yeah it's uh we haven't talked much college basketball yet um we will though uh, as as the regular season winds down and conference tournaments march madness pick up but um a little interesting uh end to the wisconsin michigan game yesterday And uh, for those that don't know, which I don't know why you wouldn't, Wisconsin and Michigan in a handshake line. Greg Gard, uh, Wisconsin, uh, grabbed, almost said Harbaugh, Juwan Howard, and Juwan said, don't touch me, and all hell broke loose. And he, Juwan Howard, then uh, I wouldn't call it a punch, but connected with an assistant coach of Wisconsin. And there was a lot of talk um, when it happened. I mean, I thought, I thought he was, I honestly thought he was fired after that. Um, but he's, he got five games. He's just suspended the rest of the regular season, which, it's a, I think it's a lost season for us um, unless we manage to win the Big Ten tournament. We're not going to – it's a, probably NIT 
for Michigan this year. It's just a sad on their level, but right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a, and I sent you, and there was a video of a breakdown of everything that led up to it. Um, and look, I mean, everyone's talking about Juwan Howard because he did throw the punch, which obviously you can't, you should never do, can't do. But Wisconsin's not all uh, innocent in this. And they only, and it was only fines for them. Three and three players got suspended for both teams. Greg Gard got fined ten thousand dollars. Jawan Howard got forty. Three players get one game. I thought Greg Gard should have got one game, I maybe mean, because he. Look, I'm not. I can't. It's hard for me to sound not sound biased with this, but he did. But Howard, all I mean with the calling the timeout, which. I understand. I mean, they had four seconds to get the ball full court and call in a timeout, resets that clock. So I understood it, but I mean, you're up 15. I don't understand why Michigan was pressing at that time with their starters. So there was kind of some poor sportsmanship or gamesmanship, however you want to word it. But Howard said, I'll remember that shit as he walked by and guard grabbed him and Juwan said, don't touch me. And Juwan's a big guy compared to Greg guard. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm I mean, really just glad it didn't escalate further. Um, but the fact that you had a Wisconsin assistant grab a Michigan player and nothing came out of that is kind of interesting. Um, unless Wisconsin's going to handle it separately. But I don't know. Your thoughts? You know, uh, Wisconsin did not answer that question. They're not going to handle it separately. I read something before we went on the air tonight that uh, they're, they're taking what the Big Ten gave them, and they're they're moving on with that. Whether well, they're going to bench a guy, I don't know what they're going to do. But, yeah, nothing else. It sounds like they're going to do anything else by set a player. Um. Howard, I guess they call it a it wasn't a punch, like they call it like a mush. I don't even know what the hell that means. Open hand slap it was more of a punch than a slap. Um, I don't know. You can call it one of a million different things. Howard was wrong to do that. Gar was wrong to grab to stop him. Gar should have shook his hand and and kept on moving. I understand that he wanted to stop him and try to plead his case and say why he did what he said because Howard said get the fuck off me basically, don't touch me. And he wanted to talk to him about that. And then escalated from there. So Garb was wrong in doing that. Howard is wrong for punching. The timeout, I don't care. That's, whatever. You're up, there's, you're, you've seen a lot worse shit happen before on a court like that to get that mad about. I think this was just this frustration over a year that boiled, boiled over. They just beat Purdue. They had a close game against Ohio State. They were back on the Last four in, first four out kind of thing, kind of scraping by. They got Michigan State last, Rutgers still, Ohio State still. I think they got Indiana and Illinois. I think those are five remaining. All tournament teams, all high seed tournament teams. They need to get a little run. I think it's just frustration. It's not, it's not, it's not excusable. 
I think there's a lot of wrong parties in this, this whole incident, and this could have been avoided tremendously. But Howard just, he just hit the guy. He lost his school and he hit the guy, I and mean, that's all there is to it. If Michigan would have fired him, that would have been a huge mistake. This man can go get another job in the NBA tomorrow if he wanted to. I mean, he's a, uh, he's a great coach. Depending I mean, this year aside, I mean, he's a great coach. Um, what he did was wrong. And if you look at the whole film, I think you sent me that one stuff. There's, there's shots. There's a cop that grabs Howard, kind of pushes him back at the last moment. He was, start, he was getting ready to start punching again. I don't know who he was going to hit. But God, thank goodness that didn't happen. Because that, that would have got real bad. Um, yeah. It was just bad. And you hear all these hot takes come out now. Because you have because it's basically 24 hours since the punch until the announcement of what, what was going to happen. So you got all kinds of people. People who hate Michigan, fire, fire, fire him. Get rid of this guy. People who are Michigan backers. Oh, he was provoked. He uh, he, he was he was grabbed first. If someone grabs me, I'm always going to punch you. Then you got people who are like in the media that, that are saying Harbaugh should be suspended for the next two years. And it's not Harbaugh, um, Howard. And uh, you just can keep going on and on and on. And I think uh, five games is fine. If you want to do the big Big Ten tournament, I'd be, I'd be okay with that too. I mean, like you said, it's an uphill battle to even make the tournament this year. Um, they need a lot to go right for them to do that. And uh, kind of call it a wash and just, just regroup for next year. But uh, it's such a shame. You don't want to see this guy do that. I mean, no, I get I mean, it. And, I mean, he had the, he had the issue – he had the issue last year with the uh, with Tershawn mm-hmm. in Maryland. He did, he did, and uh, out of all people too, he has to understand when he played college basketball, yes. he was the guy on that five five who was running up the score, alley ooping, being flashy, cocky, brash, and we loved him for that for being himself. Now yep. it's on the other foot right now, and it's a bad year. Man, you can't really defend it. You can't defend it, and. Right. Uh, Take your take your punishment. I'm glad if you apologized. I wish you would apologize a little sooner than a, than a statement like that. I hate when anybody does those like written statements. Just come yeah. out and just own it and and just move on. We're not going to hate you for it. I mean, you made a mistake. You, you, didn't, you didn't shoot anybody. You didn't do anything. That's stupid. I mean, you punched somebody. I get it, but it just you move on from it and you and you, and you learn from it. And uh, I'm just happy that in today's media and today's culture that. We did not overreact, and we did not fire the man. That would have been the worst case scenario. Yeah, and it was. Uh, I mean, but it did seem very real, though. Um, that it they did. could have. They did. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, I think they could have. Yeah. And yeah, I know you said there's the Michigan backers, and obviously you and I are those. But something I've learned is to put the fandom aside for a while. <laughs> Um, over the years and not be so biased and kind of look at it from all angles and look, I honestly thought I mean, the two things you do is either you suspend him the season and that's it you move on or you, you fire him and move on um, I'm glad they didn't um, I do like you said I do think Jawan's a good coach I mean this is last year's AP coach of the year mm-hmm and now their assistant coach isn't that bad, so they can win some of these games. Just 
they got talent at FYI. So yeah, they think a sneak into this. this I mean, that's kind of that's kind of the funny thing. I mean, if Michigan gets hot right now and like, uses this as a motivation thing, it mm-hmm. could be a dangerous team. Um, but obviously, the Big Ten's track record in the tournament's not good. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. For but. Um, there's plenty of good teams in college, um, which we'll talk about later as we get closer to the conference tournaments and and the NCAA tournament, um, which is going to be very fun to, to cover. Um, I'm excited for it. I always love March Madness. Family bracket comes out soon. Mm-hmm. If I can escape my four-year hell that I've been in, I'll be excited to get to the second weekend finally. Um, but it's a, yeah, it's a, I mean, the whole situation, I mean, it, I, I mean, that's why, that's why I'm not saying this as a Michigan fan. That's why I said guard should be suspended one game because of that, because Harbaugh is like, or Howard has said, Howard said, look, don't, I'll remember that. And just was going to shake his hand and that's it. Just move on. But it kind of escalated by that and kind of like what could have been uh, in 2011 with uh, Jim Harbaugh and uh, and Jim Schwartz. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the handshake uh, handshake gate. Um, I mean, the, but, the uh, hot takes were endless on this thing. You but yeah. Go back and read some of the stuff. Yeah. No, I, mean, I, read, read, I read one thing that if you thought Harbaugh should be fired, you're a racist, Howard. If you uh, if you uh, agreed with um, guard, you're a racist. If you, I mean, just insane on some of the on some of the what the people were going. I mean, Desmond Howard was all about. He's all over Twitter because Dicky Vitale was was saying a bunch of crazy stuff on there, and he was. I mean, Howard's a Michigan guy, so he was right. he was going all. Uh, he was all about how it's not Harbaugh's fault or not. Har- I keep saying Harbaugh because I think it's something so, he would do. So do I. And uh, yeah, I, so I'm sorry. I, I, I apologize. Yeah, so I've said Howard. that too. I got, name, I got his name right here in front of me. And Juwan uh, Howard, he uh, wrong Jalen Rose thing. If you get a chance, go on Instagram. He's on. He does that Jalen Jacoby podcast every day, and uh, he had some really, really, really smart things about it. Kind of, and I, I stole one of his ideas about what he said about. Uh, when we played, we were we were the cocky brass guys. People hated us for it, and they had to live with it. Now it's on the other foot currently, and you gotta take your medicine. Yep. And absolutely, it's, it it sucks. This team yeah. should be a Final Four team, and that's the frustrating part about it. Agree. They're gonna be an NIT team. Yep. If if even that. Yep. No, I agree one hundred percent. I mean, I was the expectations um, after last year and into this year with the recruiting class. It just failed. Um, in it's a trend that is a thing you see, though. Um, like, uh, I mean, you've seen it with some of uh, Coach Cal's teams with one and duns. Yeah. When you recruit this many top 100 recruits, it sometimes it doesn't work. Um, no, it doesn't. Um, chemistry is not there. You 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 don't recruit well at a certain position. Like this Michigan team really needs a point guard. They don't have one. Um, yeah, I mean, they, we honestly haven't had a. I mean, I shouldn't say we obviously haven't. Um, Derek Waldo was pretty good. Um, 
Last year, he had a great point guard. Last year, um, Mike Smith from Columbia. Mm-hmm. Mike Smith from Columbia was good um, as a grad as a grad transfer. Um, but you know, Derek Walton and but it's a yeah for some reason I don't know why. I mean, look, and the thing is, one of the biggest things in March to is a is good guard play. Um, so Michigan doesn't have that. Um, so I think this is a I think this is a year they needed. Um, to be like, okay, the expectations were there and we didn't do well, whether it's guys just not living up, how we're not coaching well, I'm not adjusting, but it's a good learning experience, I think, and I hope most of these guys don't go. Um, I mean, they're Caleb Houston. I don't, I don't think he's going to go, or he shouldn't go. Yeah. The Frenchman, the amount that he's he's pretty Dude, good. Diabate, I think it's going to go. Dickinson's probably going to go, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe there's two there's two big guys um, in the low post gone, but Michigan team, Michigan seems to recruit those types of players, so I'm not worried there. But the backcourt is what needs to be worked on. Um, you can't just keep doing the grad transfer thing. I mean, look at. I mean, we've met, we've, we've mixed up Harbaugh and Howard a lot. So I'll say it. Harbaugh for years did the grad transfer at quarterback. And it didn't work. Cade McNamara was a recruit for Michigan and finally got a shot and did what he had to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it's hit or miss on this stuff. And like, you talked talk about Coach Cal. And uh, this year they, they struck gold with some of their players. They even got a player that didn't even play this year. That's, that's, that's like a top, that's a top fit by 15 pick. And uh, he's ineligible for a while. I mean, I'd have to go through another mock draft and see and look at, look at some other things. But I do believe I went through this about a month and a half ago, six weeks ago. I don't think Michigan had a first round pick on any mock draft that I no, saw. No, I don't think and that's, they shouldn't. That, that, that's telling so the talent they brought in. You're right, and you, you said it right. It was they just didn't. I don't know if it's a development issue because Michigan gets the best other playoffs. I mean, I think he's a great coach, and uh, I just they just didn't. The guys just didn't progress like they wanted to. Um, like 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 we thought would be a one and done class that would. They don't have that superstar that can get a bucket when they need to get a bucket, and that's so crucial yeah. nowadays. And they I hope they all stay one more year and. Just run it back and go. There's a few guys, and you, you keep going. But there's this is a, this is a good adversary. That, um, this, this is going to be just a good trial for this for this team and for uh, Juwan down the road. And we'll see what happens. Let's hope he doesn't get frustrated by this and decides he because NBA is in his future. Sometime I think he's he's got an NBA background, and uh, I just hope it's not too soon. This this doesn't deter him to go that way this soon. I think he's unfinished business at Michigan, and uh, and I guess we'll see what happens. But uh, I still believe in the man. Made a mistake. Eat your eat your poison. Eat your uh, take your medicine, and, uh, and just come back from it. Absolutely, absolutely agree. Um, that's going to wrap up this episode. Um, thank you for listening, and uh, as always, I'm Eric Weirdo with Dave Kramer, and take care. <laughs> We'll be
Yeah, I'm sorry, you know, man.